So let's talk through these different levels of intimacy. And so we're going to start with verbal. That's our base level of intimacy. The very first level is verbal. I like to think of the intimacies in terms of tenses. So verbal would be my present tense. It's just what's happening today, right now. What are my to-dos? What have I accomplished? Just having those very basic conversations. How was your day? I went to work. Just verbal intimacy. It's talking and sharing back and forth your life experiences and observing and gathering evidence of safety. So thinking about verbal intimacy and combining that with our mission statements, if you were to visualize what it would look like, and we're going to use the words, the pattern, I dream that I will do this and that he will do this and fill in the blanks. So think about what your dream would look like for verbal intimacy. What would you like to do? How do you hope he would respond? Okay, our next stage of intimacy is the cognitive. And cognitive is one step higher than verbal, higher being in terms of this pyramid, not necessarily more important. And I think of cognitive as future tense. So what are my hopes and dreams for the future? What are my goals? What am I working on? What do things look like um, when I'm visualizing the future? So if you were to do an I have a dream statement or your marital mission statement, What would that look like? Our pattern being, I dream that I would be able to blank and he would respond with blank. What's your dream for how that would look when talking about your hopes and dreams for the future? You feel stopped. That's not even a thing that you're going to be doing. But in your dream, it's going to happen. Our next then is emotional. And this one I would say is past tense. So I'm sharing the things that have happened in my past. I'm talking about what has experiences I've had that have helped me become who I am. So I might be talking about some of the pain from our past that we've experienced. He might be telling me about some of his indiscretions in the past or some of his feelings from the past. This one's kind of a scary one because it's all of this this history. So we're sharing our emotions, talking about past and current experiences, not overwhelming the other person. We're not just We're not just word vomiting on them, right? We're having an edifying, uplifting conversation about our past and our experiences. So I feel like there's probably a lot of dreams in this one because we're all, I imagine, have had experiences where we're trying to express, hey, this was something that's happened in the past and um, it's it's ended up in, in kind of a defensive situation is the experience I had. And I could guess, I assume that Other people have had that as well. So think about what your dream would look like, where you could talk about past experiences, whether in the marriage or before the marriage or dealing with work, just the things that have helped you become who you are. And what would that look like? I dream that I will be able to, and he will respond with. How would you fill in those sentences? This one is called emotional intimacy. And so having those emotions and being able to express them is part of it. Something that I've been considering recently is how often we end up apologizing for emotions. Like if when I'm leading a group, someone comes in who's had a particularly rough time and they start talking and then they start crying without fail, they'll go, sorry, I don't know why I'm so emotional. And so one thing that I've been really paying attention to is the importance of allowing that emotion. Emotion is not bad. It's not something we have to apologize for. So in this emotional intimacy, when we're talking about the things of our past that has caused pain or that has shifted our life or has shifted our perspective and shaped who we are, I think having that emotion is okay. 
It's just whether or not having that emotion is going to throw us into a spiral to where now we're spinning and we've been triggered and we don't have that kind of intimacy anymore because we're suddenly in survival mode versus having that emotion and being able to express it and experience it in a safe place with someone who's going to hold it and honor it with me versus feel attacked by that. Okay. So those first three levels are the one that's very independent. I am still just expressing my past, present, future. He is still expressing his past, present, future. We're not combining those yet. They're still just individuals expressing. And as we start to move upward, we get to the ones that are more zippered together. We're more intertwined. So this psychological intimacy is where we're integrating ideas, where we're beginning to discover new concepts, new ideas, as we both bring our strengths to the table. So Maurice will talk a lot about Red Sea parting ideas, things that without both people there, the idea wouldn't have ever happened. So it's talking about sharing and integrating ideas, coming up with plans, incorporating both persons' ideas to create a new hybrid. And Maurice really likes to stress it's a hybrid of the two, not a compromise toward one or compromise toward the other. Um, in the way that uh, like a child, when we bear a child, that's not a compromise. Oh, she's her mom. It's a hybrid of the two genes. So when we're having psychological intimacy, we're able to both express our thoughts and our ideas and create a hybrid of both. So thinking about the dream for this one, I have a dream. I will be able to share my thoughts and they will be validated and he will respond by adding to and will create a new idea altogether. What kind of dreams do you guys have for psychological intimacy? My history is also in theater. I kind of have a, a varied past. But in one of the things that we learn in theater is the skill of improv, improvisation, the skill of improvisation. And the key to having that be successful is the other person who's doing it with you has to say yes and. If you're on stage trying to do an improvisation and the per you bring up something and that person goes, no, that's not going to work. It kills everything. So my understanding of psychological intimacy is that I bring a thought. Here's a problem that we need to solve. Here's a thought. And then my partner takes that and says, yes, and we could do this and puts his strengths in with it too. And then now we're building this new idea together. Okay. Up next, we have spiritual intimacy. Spiritual intimacy is sharing of values and religious experiences seeking revelation together and sharing and discussing that revelation. This one I feel like might be difficult for our culture because so much of what we do is based on spiritual things that I think sometimes we jump into spiritual intimacy and equate that with intimacy in general because it's such a big factor of what we live and how we make our decisions. And so dreaming about what spiritual intimacy will look like, I feel like has to include an understanding of all the intimacies that come before that. That true spiritual intimacy includes the verbal, the cognitive, the emotional. I've been able to create and problem solve with you. And now we have this spiritual connectedness that's bringing us together in our values and in our beliefs rather than just in our words. They have to go hand in hand because you have to be able to have those, those base communications um, about past, present, future in order to have a successful discussion, a successful connection experience on a spiritual level. I found that quite often I would feel uncomfortable, like praying with my husband or going to the temple with him 
or doing things on a spiritual nature, but then I would feel guilty about feeling uncomfortable with those things. And so as I learned about spiritual intimacy and how far it is up on the triangle, I found some validation of, oh, it's, it's okay to not be ready to feel spiritually intimate with someone that I can't even have a basic day-to-day present tense conversation with. So my I have a dream statements would absolutely incorporate all of those lower levels and recognizing that they go hand in hand in creating that space. Okay. And then the last one is physical intimacy, which this idea of spiritual intimacy kind of jumping around on the triangle feeds right into physical intimacy because there's going to be small little things like hand holding arm around each other, giving a hug that don't necessarily have to wait clear until we've built this strong foundation of intimacy before we experience it. So there are some physical intimacies that are going to come in and bounce around on the triangle, depending on our safety. And I like on his triangle, physical intimacy includes hand holding, hugs, back rubs, touching, et cetera, and occasionally includes sex. But sex doesn't always equate physical intimacy, and it's not the only thing included in physical intimacy. But sometimes that's even used to cover up a lack of intimacy. So when we're thinking about physical intimacy and you're writing your dream statements in a healthy, physically intimate relationship, I imagine that I will and that you will. How would you fill in those spaces? What would that look like? For those of you who have joined recently, I was explaining that my history is in teaching, that I was a teacher for years and years before getting into counseling. And so I'm perfectly comfortable with the awkward silences while we wait for participants to contemplate and think about how to answer a question. So just letting you know, we can sit and wait because I want you to have the, the time that you need in order to contemplate what's happening. My statement would look like, I have a dream that physical intimacy of any sort from handholding to kissing to sex won't happen unless I'm feeling safe and I won't feel pressure and I won't feel attacked when I say no. That it'll be okay for me to say yes or no based on where I'm at and that will be respected. And I have a dream that he will respond by also saying yes or no based on where he's at. And that neither of us will feel attacked. We'll be able to respect each other and where they're at in that moment. I think sometimes it's hard to extend that same idea, but can you imagine, let's have a dream, right? (laughs) That in the relationship, one person saying, I don't actually want to right now, doesn't automatically mean the other person should be defensive. But instead they can respond with, okay, let's talk. Let's, what are you? What is it that you're wanting so that we can understand what's going on? It's not an attack. It's a validation of the individual person's experience and where that person is. So when I'm saying no, be it to any of these things, I can say no to saying prayers and that could be honored. Recognize that that's not where you're at right now. He could say no to doing any of these things. And I, instead of feeling attacked, could say, okay, I recognize that's where you're at right now. And let's just work through it together as a team that's, that is edifyingly intertwined. We work together in an edifying manner rather than always worried that one or the other person is attacking or defending. That's my dream. 